Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Good afternoon and welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate all of Drive Radio listeners hanging on with us as well. And a happy new year. Hey, last uh, week we did do a best of show, but we are glad to be back in studio this week with you and looking forward to 2022. If things would have gone as planned, we would be at the International Sportsman's Expo right now. Uh, That was supposed to be January 6th through the 9th. But if you have not heard, that has moved to March 24th through the 27th. And so we will be there then. And uh, looking forward to a great show. Got a lot of friends down at the Dallas Safari Club going on right now. And they said that's really been a good show. And uh, a lot of of shows are starting back up here. So uh, we are looking forward to 2022 hunting season. Uh, All of us are in therapy now since the hunting season is just about (laughs) over here. So uh, we are looking already forward to the uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife putting out their big game draw books already and uh, already thinking about that. So, uh, all right, we're going to be hooked up here on the phones here a little bit, hopefully with Dan Johnson, Len Lyle Chevrolet, but we're going to go ahead and kick the show off here. And uh, I want to thank Henry Ferguson for being back with us. And, uh, Henry, good to see you, sir. Hey, always good to see you, Scott. Newly elected. Oh, man. Chairman. Yeah. Colorado Bowhunter Association. You know, just when you think you have some friends in the room, Scott, (laughs) uh, when they offered an out and said are there any nays all my friends kept quiet and i use friends with air quotes held up pretty heavily there so (laughs) well that's cool well hey man i mean this is really going to be you guys show today and i'm gonna let you introduce your guest and um we're just going to be talking a lot of things about archery so if you've got any questions or comments as we go along we'll open up the phone lines 303-477-5600 and we would love your comments, questions, um, whatever you want to talk about here as far as archery or anything else really in the outdoors. We will be glad to help you. All right. So, first of all, I just want to talk about your magazine real quick because, man, dude, I'm telling you what. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen anything just kind of get reborn a little bit and come out and be such a classy, classy-looking magazine great information great pictures i mean all the things i mean it man congratulations you know it starts with it it started with an idea scott as most things did and and truthfully we had somebody who stepped up and we we lost our old magazine editor and we were really more of a newsletter format back Mm -hmm. then we were you know it was like 40 pages and it was all informational i mean it was we'd have a hunt story in there maybe two but it was really I mean, it's what we asked of it right. at the time. It's not that, you know, Jeff didn't do a good job. He did a great job executing the plan that we gave him. But it, it really came to a time where we needed to either step up and, and do something really <laughs> world-class there or make it all go digital. And we didn't mm-hmm. want to do that. We wanted this because there's a there's just something cool about having that tangible magazine sure. in your hand to flip through those pages and, I mean, gauge – Gage Douglas is on the cover this month. I mean, he's 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. I've known I've known Gage since he was like six, right. and it, it's it's really cool to see somebody like that. And it's it's also a great you know a great feeling for bow hunters seeing the future of the sport being so stinking strong right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I looked up something this morning, so I don't know how 
accurate these figures are, but it looks like archery is somewhere in a $13 billion industry right now. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. That's pretty huge. Yeah, that <laughs> is pretty impressive. Um, and, and truthfully, we're, we're in a, we're, we're kind of starting to grow again. Um, you know, we had a, a big spike in numbers from the Hunger Games and, uh, you know, brave and stuff like that as corny as it sounds those mm-hmm. literally brought us a lot of new eyes on our on our cause right. um and you know there was a little bit of a, a down after that but we're swinging back up and yeah. i'll tell you it's it's exciting to be involved with it right now sure all right won't you introduce the room and uh, absolutely who's with us today all right i'm going to start on the left here with uh which doesn't make any sense for people listening on the radio. <laughs> left, left to right on your radio dial. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're going to start with Wes Mendez. And Wes Mendez is uh, from Highlands Ranch, actually represents the CBA. He's been on our board for a couple of years, and he specializes in working with the legislature and watching okay. out for upcoming bills um, that might affect us. And I'll tell you what, there's a few things on the horizon that, could pop up real quick and be ugly for us and wes is just absolutely has his finger on the pulse of that stuff okay um and wes has a couple of kids who are also very active in archery and one of the coolest things that i think wes is doing right now is he's working with these cub scout programs and ultimately going to make these kids um give them an opportunity to achieve that archery merit badge along with wildlife management and okay, a couple of cool. these others that are real difficult to do, truthfully. Right. I mean, people show up, and they love that first time going to the archery range, you know, until you give yourself a raspberry on your forearm. <laughs> but um, but he does a great job, and he's he's done a really great job of getting these kids involved and, okay. and keeping them involved. Right. Then we've got uh, Joey Brown. And Joey Brown is our Colorado Parks and Wildlife liaison. And so he works actively with Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And, you know, right now we're dealing with a, a, a pretty significant issue right now. There's, a, there's an issue coming up about uh, having bow hunters wear blaze orange during the nine-day overlap of our season with the muzzleloader hunters. Obviously, this is something that we feel extremely passionate about. Sure. Because archery is a game of getting close and yeah. getting getting up, you know, up close and personal with these animals. And that's not easy to do when, in full camo, and it's a whole lot harder to do in, in blaze orange. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And so that's something yeah. we're and actively I, working great. against. And I don't want this to really be like even like an interview. I want this to be kind of like a roundtable discussion. Yeah. Kind of like if you guys were just doing a podcast or just talking or just sitting around, you know, uh, talking about this. So, I mean, man, you know, let's just start. Give a little of your history there, Wes, about just, um, you know, how you got into archery a little bit maybe at first of all. Sure. I would say um, <clears throat> my dad uh, was, was a big bow hunter. Um, so I grew up in kind of the Pueblo area, Eastern Plains, and it was kind of the thing we did as a family. So him and I, obviously, he was a steel worker, worked in Pueblo for 26 years. Um, you know, those kind of jobs, you know, a lot of hours. But there was one thing on the weekend that we did in the backyard or went out hunting is kind of shoot the bows. And that was kind of our thing. And it was one of the things that, you know, the older I got, kids are 12 and 10, um, Hudson and Griffin. It was one of the things I wanted to recreate with them because there was that great sense of grounding of, 
hey, this is what it's like to go out to hunt. This is kind of, you're more grounded with nature. Mm -hmm. um, I worked out there on multiple farms in the agricultural side, cattle ranches, farming, et cetera. So um, even though I live in Highlands Ranch, um, love the area, there's always that sense of, I always go back to Fowler, Colorado. I always go back to the kind of the small town feel. And sure. the more I get my kids kind of grounded in, hey, I want you to understand the city. I want you to kind of go around Denver, et cetera. But I also want you to go back in to work at grandma's and do no different doubt. things as well. And one of the things that they've picked up relatively well and seem to enjoy was having a bow in their hands. And Man, cool. they're kind of doing the target stuff and Joad programs and they're Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. So that's that's kind of how I got involved. And I thought it was the time, like, right, there's always the, there's too much going on. I can't get involved. I don't know if I should do this. Mm -hmm. And I think the more you kind of saw things that were going around in the state and you look at how much hunting organizations and just sportsmen and everything else contribute to conservation yep. i felt it's a story that we're not really getting out there mm -hmm. and there's other groups that are coming out there and saying and basically kind of twisting the things that we do in a negative manner and it's more of our chance to kind of get out there and publicly say hey this is really how much money gets donated to the parks and wildlife and conservation causes mm -hmm. and these are a lot of hunters out there that go out there they're the ones providing information and what they're seeing in terms of status of environment or animal herds, et cetera. So there, there's a lot of value that hunters provide in the sure. state and love to be just helping out where I can. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I don't know if you know what you want to call them, just these groups, you know, I mean, take the, from the wolf issue to whatever I'm telling you, they're well, they're, they're putting the time in, <laughs> they're well funded. I mean, they're making sacrifices to get their point across. And if we don't start doing some things, you know, hopefully we're not already too late. But, I mean, you know, if we don't start doing some things, and that's why I'm really, you know, hoping we can put something together this year where, man, at least once a month we can get you guys on. Because if we don't get that voice out, you know, not everybody's going to read this magazine that talks about stuff. So if we don't get this voice out and get facts out, you know, instead of just the stuff you read on social media and what's true and what's false and, you know, what we need to show up at to, to, to show not only let our voice be heard, but just to, hey, show there's people that care about our different hunting things that we're going to lose, man, if we don't get after it here. So, Joey, give us a little of your background. Yeah. Um, Joey Brown, propane and propane accessories. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Can't the hell joke. Um, I started, I'm a self-taught hunter. Um, went after birds a little bit in Kansas where I grew up chasing ditch parrots, pheasant, you know, um, but moved out to Colorado right after college and went for three or four years with a rifle, second rifle with a cow tag and froze my butt off. Didn't see really anything. We, I think we saw one bull in three years. Um, so I picked up a bow because the season is longer. And the first time I went out, you know, I found some fresh raspberries. Everything's still alive. You know, you're hearing elk, and I'm not just hiking around in the dead of winter. Um, so I fell in love with it right then just to be in the woods while they're still alive. Um, not to mention it's way more cost-effective to go shoot 100 arrows than it is to go shoot 100 rounds on the yeah, no 308. <laughs> um, Assuming you could find 100 rounds of 308 right, right now. Right, right, yeah. Um, and I so I moved out here and I went to the University of Denver for a little bit. I was going to get a master's in natural resource management, uh, but then starting to look at how much the jobs were paying 
uh, just get a foot in the door, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking core samples for wetlands or whatever for seven bucks an hour. Um, I got my wife pregnant and the, the economics weren't really ever going to work out. So I dropped halfway through the master's and now I have something very cool and prestigious called a graduate certificate in uh, okay. <laughs> natural resource management. <laughs> um, and then uh, started talking to Mike Erie, the old chairman of the CBA, uh, about ways I could volunteer because, you know, bow hunting is something that helps me stay grounded. And, uh, you know, even just practicing, you get to kind of lose the rest of the world because you have to be so focused when you're shooting and practicing. Um, but kind of with, you know, the quasi background in natural resources, um, I stepped in to help the CBA work with Colorado Parks and Wildlife and open a dialogue on a bunch of different issues. Um, you know, we've talked about bow-mounted decoys in the past with Danny Ferris and Ultimate Predator gear. Um, we've talked a little bit about season structure, about tag allocation, the 80-20 split. And right now, what we're talking about is should archery hunters have to wear blaze orange during the period of overlap? Mm-hmm. Um which it can get uh, it can get pretty squirrely when you <laughs> it, you know depending on who you're talking to because the loss of life like it's they're tragedies they're horrible Absolutely. accidents and the, a lot of people like to point fingers and put the blame on certain groups uh, and that's not what we want to do what we're trying to do is just help everybody understand it and exactly like you said before mm-hmm. what are the facts what will work what's a good idea that's never been tried what's something that you know how can we think outside the box here because i think sometimes especially with blaze orange in my opinion it it feels like an easy way out just to have bow hunters wear orange i mean there were three deaths in 25 years which two of them came in the last three or four years mm-hmm. so that i think there's a little bit of a recency bias but like looking at three in 25 years and in the same time period you have like 80 or 90 people struck by lightning in Colorado. Right. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like something that we really need to take drastic action on before we try some other things like increasing hunter education mm-hmm. or, you know, taking a different certification course like you would if you were going for mountain lion hunting. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, if any of the listeners call in and have better ideas, I'm sure they do. Uh, we'd love to hear them. <laughs> Absolutely. 303-477-5600. Again, our lines are open. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more with CBA, Colorado Bowhunter Association. KLZ's personal injury attorney, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law, has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you. He handles both criminal and civil cases. Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court, but since only about 10% of personal injury cases actually go to trial, those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. KLZ's personal injury attorney continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. 
Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation now at 303-806-8886. Almost 20 years ago, we chose Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center for our pet's care, and it was one of the best decisions we've made. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and I know this is one of the busiest times of the year for all of us, but don't forget your pets. They still need their checkups, and preventative care is the best thing you can do for your pet's overall health. Whether your pet is new to the family or has been a family member for many years, regular checkups are key to caring for your pet's health. Depending on their age, your preventative care visit may involve other concerns, including vaccinations, diet and weight management, microchipping, medications, spaying and neutering, house training, and behavior. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, their goal is to take the time to get to know your pet and address any questions or concerns you may have about their care. And don't forget, Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center has all your pet's needs covered dentistry, dermatology, eye care, orthopedic care, pain management, along with full grooming and boarding and pet training services, all at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Call them today, 303-708-8050, and check out the great blogs at LoneTreeVet.com. This is Hal Van Herkey with Castlegate Knife and Tool. We are the largest specialty knife store in the Rockies, and we have been a family-owned and operated business since 2015. We're located just outside of Castle Rock, Colorado, and we are an easy drive from Denver and other surrounding areas. We proudly carry brands such as Microtech, White River, Medford, Heretic, Benchmade, Spartan, Kbor, and so much more. We also have a full room dedicated to all things camp and kitchen. Whatever your knife, blade, or tools might be, we have you covered. Check us out online at castlegate.com. Sign up for our newsletter and be sure to follow us on your favorite social platforms such as Facebook or Instagram. We are proud to be America's knife source. Be sure to stop by our store and check us out and bring your knife with you. We can sharpen just about any dull blade you might have. Until then, stay sharp and we look forward to seeing you at Castlegate Knife and Tool. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, if you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley, and we are glad you are kicking the year off with us. And I hope everyone did have a – man, it already seems like Christmas was a month ago, but I hope everyone had a great Christmas. And Happy New Year to everyone, and I hope everyone is will have a very, very healthy and happy new year. Well, if you're just joining us, uh, glad to have our good friend Henry Ferguson in, newly elected chairman here for the Colorado Bowhunter Association, and also Wes Mendez, and also Joey Brown in studio. So, Henry, let's talk about, I think, the elephant in the room, so to speak, is this blaze orange and all. So, uh, what do we do, man? How do we fight? Yeah, yeah, I get, we, and Henry's microphone cover is blaze orange. We <laughs> blaze did that orange. on purpose. Is yeah. this on purpose? Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I didn't give you the yellow one that Joey got, so yeah. All right, so um, what, what do you want? I mean, you know, what are the facts, so to speak? And he just, and Joey just said some great things there, you know, about you know, he did. three deaths. And, and we were involved in actually one of those deals where an attorney called us on, on the, a young man that had got killed that was hunting with That's his right. father a couple of years ago. And I went and talked to the attorney and just, man, after all the dialogue, he said, what can you tell me about this? And I said, well guy should have never shot that's, i said okay Scott, i mean that's the bottom line i mean there's yeah. no you know i mean uh kevin flesh which you know uh the mm-hmm. attorney we do you know we do shows all the time on you know personal injury and duis and every dui is avoidable you know how 
don't drink and drive. And, and that's it. And, and the same thing with someone shoots someone by mistake out hunting. You can't take the shot if you don't know what you're shooting at. So, it's I the mean, first thing they teach yeah. you in hunter safety. Yep. It is literally the first thing. Exactly. So, I, and just to kind of build on that just a little bit, Scott, there was, um, I mean, each of these three cases have been acts of gross negligence. And that's why people are serving time as a result of this. And this is why I, I, we feel that you, it, to, to legislate for acts of gross negligence is, is kind of a, a fringy way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not something that we really support. Now, what we are looking at, and, and Joey, Joey um, kind of mentioned education, further education, and this is a component that we really feel very strongly about. And it's not, and I want people to look at this and listen with an open mind here, next thing I'm going to say, because we are not looking at this education component to just say, hey, muzzleloader bad, you must learn and, you know, learn to comply. The fact is, there's not a single day of our early archery season that is just archers in the field. We share every single day of that season. We share them with spring bear hunters, or not spring bear hunters, my bad. A little too soon, too soon. Um, But we share it with rifle bear hunters. We share it with rifle and shotgun turkey hunters. We share it with grouse hunters. Um, There's a seven-day period that we share with high country mule deer hunters. And so... The fact is, there's a lot of people recreating out there that are all hunting. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition to that, there's also mountain bikers, hikers. Joey mentioned it. September is a great time to be in the woods. Those wild raspberries are reason enough for me to be out there. And that's... I. I eat more raspberries in the month of September than I do the rest of the year combined. (laughs) Love those things. But the, the truth is... We all need a refresher. We could all benefit from a refresher on these basics, not just safety components of target identification, which you mentioned mm-hmm. target identification is, is you know, something that could have avoided all of these things from happening by people being more responsible and more judicious in those decisions. But we need to have components in that education talking about how all of us can safely and responsibly interact with each other out there while we're in the woods. And whether it's how we use decoys in in our elk hunts or, you know, any number of things. I mean, there's a lot of ways that we can all be, you know, benefit from a good reminder on these safety components. And that's something that we would love to see put in place before you get your campers mountain bikers hikers people that you know like to see birds and so on and so forth and it's like to single-handedly point out one you know the bow hunters specifically and say you're the only ones that we would require to wear this 500 inch hunter safety color i think is you know it's just picking on one person out there and what joey touched on earlier with three deaths in 25 years how many of those people had bows in their hands Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to single out the bow hunter, you know, there, there must be, they must be in more danger than the hiker or the morel mushroom forager or so on and so forth, because there's just so many different folks in the woods. And if you're going to have that discussion, I think you need to bring in 
you know, every camper and every hiker and every bird watcher and so on and so forth are kind of up for the same regulatory measure. No, I agree. I agree. Um, Absolutely. And I just, I just feels a little bit like picking on the bow hunter to me, but I'm a, you know, I'm biased. I'm a bow hunter myself, but, Mm. uh, and another thing with this crossover season, I mean, when we say muzzleloader, that's a, it's a whole different subject, but you know, their projectiles aren't round balls anymore. They're shooting rifling. (laughs) They have a lot more trajectory than they used to have. So, I mean, you're looking at sort of let's make it safer for the bow hunters and give them some safety colors and whatnot. But really, you know, these are rifles in, in, in a lot of regards, the way they shoot, how the distance they can shoot now. And we're kind of using the same rules that we've always used for muzzle loaders. But traditionally speaking, the muzzle loader is nothing like it used to be. No, you're right. You're right. I actually, this last year I was over in Meeker hunting muzzle loading and I was using a best of the West uh, muzzle loader. And those are shooting out to mm-hmm. seven to nine hundred yards. It's crazy. Okay. I, it's wow. truly crazy. Like yeah. Yeah, I was thinking three hundred. Yeah, yeah, no. So, but what you're saying is one hundred percent correct. I mean, most people wouldn't have shot a muzzleloader much over a hundred yards. Well, and, and Colorado's done yeah. a better job than most, mm-hmm. and, and I, I will give them full credit for this because we do a better job than most of regulating these primitive seasons. Um, you know, just as the muzzleloaders aren't allowed to use a scope. They're not allowed to use a sabotaged bullet or smokeless powder. I mean, that's how they keep these primitive weapon seasons primitive. We're not allowed to use the Garmin Zero sight here. I mean, that's okay. uh, that's kind of the archery version of the modern muzzleloader, you know. And it's something that we're, you know, we're, we're held back a little bit by yep. that as well. Yep. Wes, so, your thoughts? Hey, Brian, hey, man, we appreciate it. Man, keep listening. If you think of something else, give us a call, bud. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, are you a member of CBA? Uh, not currently. No, I'm not. Oh, come All right, on. Now, Brian, just now, $30 Brian. a year. <laughs> you could get your truck's you could not, be one of us. I'm going to put a hex on your truck right now. It ain't going to start till you go to your computer and become a member of CBA. All right? How much is it, Henry? Until you get a hold of me, I'll donate 500 bucks tomorrow, baby. Uh, love it. Hey, give, Char- give Charlie your number here. We'll call you after the show, man. All right? You got it. Seriously, man. become a member, man. It'll help us all out. All right. You bet. You Thanks, Brian. All right, buddy. Take care. So, Wes, from the legislative side, and boy, well, listen, I don't want to get off topic because, man, there's so much to talk about here. I wish we had a three-hour show today. I know. So let's take about it from the legal side. I mean, what's this fight going to look like? You know, that's a good question, and I don't think anybody really knows yet because the 12th legislative session opens up for 2022. What we know is typically by the first December 1st, bills are kind of due, their titles are pulled, and then somewhere um, – probably after the 12th, they'll start to get announced in session, you know, and it really kind of depends. You know, each legislator is allowed a certain amount of bills. Um, It's an election season. There's a lot of different things and agenda items that, you know, both parties want to see. So it's really hard to say, like, we haven't heard anything in terms of like blaze orange in terms of a legislative topic. Okay. But I mean, this, I mean, Henry, Joey, correct me. I mean, this, this kind of came quick. Um, and this discussion platform on, and conversation of, you know, crossover seasons, blaze orange, what's right, wrong, like, there hasn't really been a lot of ample time for detailed conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, Joey, like, what what's the timeline that this thing came and kind of the, like, the discussion process of it? You know, I think, um, 
that's the piece that's that's kind of interesting. Like, how do you really flush out a topic that complicated? Sure. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's talk about hunting seasons or anything with the regulations. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. that right. could be like a a twelve hour show of no just doubt. let's talk about deer. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know what, what what your thoughts are, Joey, in terms of time. Like, yeah. The t- so I mean, it it happened in September, obviously, when uh, I think the guy was from Pennsylvania, uh, and then the bow hunter the victim was from texas maybe houston Um, yeah yeah so i mean it happened in september and then like a lot of things uh cpw is pretty tied up through hunting season trying to regulate you know they have boots on the ground going to check and make sure everything's running smoothly um but it, it we found out about it by the email you can actually go to cpw to the website and sign up to get emails about different um news items i think there's a whole bunch of check boxes you can find out um but we got the email like on a wednesday night at five or six o'clock thursday was veterans day and then friday by noon was a public comment deadline because the meeting that they were going to discuss it was the next week like the next thursday friday i believe Mm -hmm. so it came up to us pretty fast like you know, four, four or five business hours that we had to try and rally the troops because Thursday being a holiday, it was difficult for us to get a bunch of public comment. And like one of the benefits of being a CBA member is anytime we need to amplify a voice, we'll engage you. We'll send out an email. We'll send out a survey to try and get you, get your voice heard. Mm -hmm. The bow hunters of Colorado all united, but you know, with that short timeline, it was hard to do. And Henry and I actually drove down. The meeting was in Lamar. We were the only two people there we who were. signed up. Because <laughs> you can, the, like, one of the cool things, I guess, or one of the benefits of COVID and everything being virtual, you used to have to drive to every meeting and give comment in person or send an email. Now, with it being on Zoom or on YouTube, you can give comment right from your house. So it's easier than ever to be a part of the discussion with CPW. Sure. Um, but we were the only two people who drove down there and then nobody even signed up to give public comment because I don't think anybody knew. It happened so fast that there just wasn't really time to react. And not only the public comment uh, period was short. I mean, your, your time to sign up for public comment was also very short. So it was, you know, Hey, this was a, this was an issue that popped up and they addressed it to the best of their to the best of their abilities and the best way they think is, uh, you know, to represent the state and keep things safe. But we have a very strongly different opinion on, mm-hmm. you know, on how this should proceed. And that's yeah, what we're making hurt right now. And I think one of the, like, one of the things that's interesting to me is these different inflection points in history, right? I, I pulled it up on the CPW website, like 1961 to 1969, so a nine-year period, you had 91 fatal incidents in Colorado. Then in the 70s, they implement hunter safety, and it drops to 45 in a nine-year period. Now, fast forward for uh, 2016 to 2020, there's only been three. So we're talking 10.1 fatal incidents per year, all the way down to 0.6 the last time they did it. And you can sit there and look, and in the 60s, I mean, I wasn't alive, but 
Henry. Henry was. Hey, Scott's, easy. Uh, I, was, easy. I was two in 1973. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Scott doesn't look a day over 30. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, like, everybody kind of wakes up and there's a, you know, people have a different viewpoint on it when that many people are dying per year. And they sit back and you say, hey, what should we do about it? Well, let's implement hunter safety for everybody. Right? It's been the same general format since the 70s. Now we're seeing some more incidents. I mean, for the bow hunting specifically, like three in 25 years between muzzleloader and archery, it doesn't feel like quite as as uh, bad as when you look at in the nine years, in the 60, there's 91. Yeah. But there's a different social tolerance, I think, right now for death and for anything related mm-hmm. to guns. Absolutely. But, like, to go back to my original thought is, are we at another inflection point where we need to relook at hunter safety in general? And do we need to have some sort of recertification, right? If you're a CPA, you got to go take classes every two or three years to make sure that you're up to date on everything. Mm-hmm. Do we need to start doing that in the hunting community? And do we as hunters voice that? Do we stand up and say, hey, this is our responsibility. We want to voluntarily put this through. I know a lot of people would uh, not be happy about it. But is it something that we need to stand up and do now so that different regulation changes or laws or whatever, like they're going to keep coming down the pipeline. This isn't going to be the first thing. Yeah. Right. So, (laughs) you're right. Like. We need to mobilize and keep the momentum because I think a lot of times something like this will come up and it takes, it's a lot of work for us to rally everybody together and get the voice out and get opinions known. And then if it's a win or if it's a loss, it sort of fizzles out a little bit. People's excitement dies down. So how can we, as a hunting community, keep everybody engaged throughout the year and keep them informed? Uh, Wes, I think you need uh, like 10 pages of our magazine. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, let's speak of the magazine. Yeah. We've got Matt Jackson on the line. Matt, how are you, sir? Howdy, everybody. How you doing, sir? Couldn't be better. Happy uh, 2022. Yeah, same to you. Same to you. And of course, I think you know the guys in the room, Henry, Wes, and Joey. And uh, we've met. We have uh, our, we opened the show talking about the magazine and uh, understand you know you're the editor so to speak and man congratulations on on putting a, just a a beautiful piece together I mean man it's unbelievable so congrats I appreciate that it's it's kind of easy to do here in Colorado because from my perspective we have the best bow hunters in the world and we have some of the best scenery in the world mm-hmm. so it's just a real treat yep good deal. No, and, and and I can't I can't say enough. I can't stress enough how what a source of pride this magazine is for us as an organization. And I mean, when Matt came in and said, "Hey, here's what I want to do," and I mean, man, he he sold us and he told us uh, he shared his vision with us. And I, I'll I'll be honest, I sat back and I thought, well, hey, that that'd be really great. Good luck, <laughs> you know, we might. And. and not only has he accomplished it, I mean, it has exceeded what he even promised. And, you know, he he's doing this with a skeleton crew. It's not like we've got a 20-person editorial staff mm-hmm. that's making this happen. This is – and, Matt, why don't you go ahead and mention a couple of the guys who are helping you out and helping make this thing a reality each month. 
thanks for that. You know, I really honestly couldn't do this without all of the input and expertise of Trevin Stolzfus uh, from Outback Outdoors. He's just an incredible, has an incredible eye for detail. Yeah, and Trevin's a good guy. Yeah. He's amazing. Uh, he's just an unsung hero who works his tail off, you know, without anybody even giving him any thanks. And uh, and our head chief designer, Dustin Etheridge, uh, what he's been able to do for us, uh, well, you can see it in the magazine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really our hope that we're able to inspire everybody from around the country to look at the magazine and say, you know what, I want to be outdoors. I want to be living the, the lifestyle of a bow hunter, right. a Colorado bow hunter. And, um, and, you know, I really hope that we're able to inspire not only people that have been bow hunting for decades and decades, but more importantly for me personally, it's our youth. Mm-hmm. I want them to be inspired to have a hero like I had uh, for bow, uh, as a bow hunter. I had lots of heroes growing up that I wanted to emulate. And, um, you know, in a magazine featuring Colorado, you know, we want people to be out there <clears throat> promoting our sport and, and championing uh, our lifestyles. Absolutely. Hey, you know, looking through, too, and I know you got some great sponsors and, and folks like that, so I just want to tell you, you know, if you're already a part of CBA, great, and you get this magazine, hey, give all of these sponsors a chance to earn your business and your trust and all that, and because I'm telling you, these are people that are uh, putting their money where their mouth is, so to speak. So make sure, you know, as you look through the magazine, don't just read the articles, look at the pictures, but also take a look at all the sponsors and all the different ads in there, and again, I assume you guys, at some point, somebody in all the CBA has relationships with these people, and you know them. And so, boy, if you can give these sponsors uh, some help. um, You know, it's been a rocky couple of years in the business world, for sure, Henry. (laughs) And we need to support Colorado, (laughs) for sure, and Colorado local companies and those that are supporting the outdoors as well. Any comments you got, Scott, from Matt? Uh, uh, Matt, uh Somebody on Facebook the other day said that the magazine was world class, and uh, I'd just like to publicly say that that's Matt's new nickname is world class Matt <laughs> Jackson. Um, but no, I agree, Scott. Like um, Aaron Snyder and Kafaru, they've been instrumental in helping us get Absolutely. off the ground and you know mm-hmm. set the building blocks because it really was a newsletter three or four years ago, and we've turned it into a magazine, and I think in like keeping the momentum and keeping people engaged and informed a magazine is an asset Uh, i think it was jeff wilkin last night we had a board meeting Uh, he's one of our new uh board members but he made the point that if it's on your phone if it's digital it's great you know you can reach one person at a time but if you have a magazine and you leave it on a table yeah you can have five or six people who walk by and look at it and i think absolutely you know the the ways that we can promote the sport and promote ways to help through a magazine. Matt's done a tremendous job in getting us like that's something if I saw it on the table I'd want to pick it up sure, because it's sexy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's really something for everyone in it too. And that's really what I like. <clears throat> Excuse me, what Matt and Trav and, and team did is my wife who who really isn't a hunter, the photos in it. So she'll pick it up and look at, you know, the centerfold photos of the Colorado landscapes and my son's, you know, obviously the youth profiles in it and different elements of it. It, it, There's a combination of something that speaks to everyone that this magazine laying around Mm -hmm. that you don't find in sometimes other kind of literature, right? It's geared towards one genre. Yeah. And they've done a phenomenal job like Matt and Trevin. It's just phenomenally amazing. And 
every time I think m- the magazine comes just to look at how beautiful the photography is. Yeah. It's <laughs> like it's it's almost lifelike 3D. I know. No, I know. It's really, really clear. Well, and it's not just it's not just the layout. It's not just the the great you know editorial content. It's good paper. I mean, it is yeah. truly mm-hmm. good paper. I mean, it just feels good. <laughs> yeah. We we could have gone cheaper on this. Yeah, we sure. we could save money doing it cheaper, but we want to give this. And hey. It's pretty cool to be featured in that. And when you're featured in something that has this great look and feel to it, it's, again, it's that source of pride Absolutely. that we really want people to share in. Right. Check out the website. It is coloradobowhunting.org. And Henry, is that the best way for people to come become a member? Absolutely. Right. Could not be easier right. than going to our website. And I'm telling you, you know, a lot of times we don't look, well, what's... 30, 35 bucks. What is it, 30? It's $30. 30 bucks. I keep saying That's 35. Right. Okay. Well, so, hey, you uh, may be right someday. <laughs> uh, but, you know, hey, for 30 bucks, you know, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm going to tell you what. You get 100 people, do 30 bucks real quick. You got some money to do some stuff. And, and the more that we can do to help you guys, because we all can't be where Wes is and we all can't be tied into legislative things. And so, you know, to have somebody out there that is researching these things and keeping us uh, informed about the issues and what we need to know and then how we need to, you know, what's going to be our strategy for the fight, so to speak, and all of that, yeah. I mean, is super, super important because, I mean, if we don't if we do not do that, gentlemen, I'm telling you, man, we're going to be in trouble. And it's not going to be 20 years down the road. It's going to be in the next two, three, four years we're going to be in trouble. And that's absolutely right. And, and, you know, Scott, we are an absolutely open book. I mean, our board is, if, if you have any questions from any of us, man, we are very easy to get a hold of, very easy to reach out to. Um, we, had a, we had a gentleman who reached out to us over the weekend, and this was, this was just a great example. So we had a board meeting last night, and it was a five-and-a-half-hour marathon of a board meeting. And... Um, it, it had to be. We have, we have a lot of things going on, as we've been discussing already with several of these issues and some others that we haven't even gotten to. But um, we had a gentleman reach out to us and said, hey, look, I'm from southeast Colorado, and I, I feel that we are not represented well on the organization, and we wanna, I want to come and bring some ideas. And, but I'm only interested in working in southeast Colorado. And I'm like, perfect yeah we happen to the reason you feel we don't have representation down there is we currently don't we don't (laughs) (laughs) so we we took care of that last night and we 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 put jim to work and he brought he brought some great insight to us and uh, honestly this is what makes these volunteer organizations work is Mm -hmm. active volunteers who are and, and the great thing was as i sat there and i looked around the room last night it was so cool because we have passionate bow hunters on our board. Right. These are not people who are just sitting on a board because they like sitting on boards. This, these are people who are, have a vested interest in the success of bow hunting in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I want my son to be able to one day put that rifle down and stop outdoing me. <laughs> yeah, that's why you wanted to put it down. Uh, you're tired of taking pictures of him. Uh, you know what? It, it, it gets a little obnoxious, yeah. but uh, but no, I want I want my son to have that opportunity to go out there and spend a month in, you know, in, in September running around trying to pattern that herd of elk or if he's really good, you know, trying to pattern a good herd of mule deer, right. you know. 
but uh, <laughs> but it, those things won't happen without us being involved. Sure. And that's why that's ultimately what got us all off the sidelines and involved. Yeah. Well, Matt, any other uh, word from your side from the magazine? And for those that are part of CBA, what do you, what are you looking for from members that can help you out with the magazine? Awesome. We're looking. We're always looking for content from our bow hunters around Colorado. And in fact, we're looking for content from anybody from around the country who bow hunts in Colorado. You don't have to be a resident because okay. we're featuring people that come here and hunt. So we love. We featured a great story uh, from a veteran uh, from the southeast who came here in our last issue, and it was just amazing. Yep. And you know something I'm more proud of than anything with the magazine you guys is our ability to give people a voice i got involved in the magazine 12 months ago because i was kind of sick of getting kicked in the teeth by the opposition who just try to marginalize the lifestyle that i love the Mm -hmm. outdoors that i love the animals that i love to pursue and that's why i jumped in because i wanted to give more people like me a voice and the magazine for me you guys is just a way to inspire people to go you know what Maybe I can make a difference, too. We Mm -hmm. have a lot of incredibly passionate, professional people with amazing ideas that I believe have been sitting on the sidelines because, number one, they don't know how to get involved. And number two, they feel like if they do, maybe it wouldn't even make a difference. Right. And what we're able to do in the last three weeks by getting public input in a way that actually matters is impactful mm-hmm. and i know that bow hunters and hunters in general around the country with some of the strategy and techniques that i've learned from wall street and dealing in marketing uh the last you know two decades we're going to use for our benefit and i just want everybody who's listening today to be incredibly hopeful that they have a voice that their opinion does matter and we're not going to ask them to write emails we're going to do a lot a lot of things are that are more um, more impactful that take less time, right? But they actually have a real result. So I want everybody who's listening just to say, you know what? If I do hear or see some action that's required by the CBA, it is going to matter. Mm-hmm. My action does have an impact. I want people to be hopeful. Like we're not, we don't have to take it anymore. We don't have to, you know, just take what's handed to us. We can actually have a say in the party. Sure, because I'm telling you, I think we've seen this and, you know, a lot of things with our gun laws and all. You you end up giving up a little bit and compromising a little bit, thinking, well, that's not that big of a deal with the magazines or whatever. Yep. And all of a sudden, man, you, you've lost ground that you're never, ever, ever going to get back. All right? It's and like then, a tax. And then here comes the other side again <laughs> wanting to do things. So, I mean – that's why, man, again, we're going to do our best to put something together here where every month we can have a um, uh, an hour with you guys just to keep everybody informed. And we said earlier before you joined us uh, of the facts because, you know, I think what's hurt us so much is there's so much junk on social media. Somebody gets fired up about something and you're like, dude, that's not even true what you're saying, you know. <laughs> and so how can we help people? And I think it's, I think it's getting factual information out there, knowledge. And then, you know, the passion – can only go so far but if we don't have the knowledge to back it up and what we're talking about then we don't really look much better than the other side okay so we we need to have that knowledge uh to understand that hey this is what we're fighting for and why and you know what the why is important Mm -hmm. i mean it really is because it's not just 
you know, look, we don't want to fight with Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Not at all. Sure. We're, we're partners in this. This is, you know, they're they're the governing body that basically regulates and sets mm-hmm. these seasons that are for all of our good. And we we are greatly appreciative of their efforts. And what we were trying to do here is give a better voice right. to their from their customers so that they understand the impacts that some of these decisions can have on all of us. Yeah. And that's all we're trying to do, just sure. trying to amplify that voice and make them more effective in their positions by knowing what yeah. the customers want. Absolutely. Well, Matt, hey, man, I know you're on the phone, so, man, we appreciate you. Next time we'll have to get you in studio with us. But, man, we thank you. And, uh, man, again, uh, congratulations on you and your team putting together a, a great, great magazine for CBA. Scott, thanks for giving us the voice. Greatly appreciate it, and thanks for the opportunity. Okay, bud, you got it, and happy New Year to you. <laughs> See you. Hi. Right. So, let's say we got people listening. They go, you know, we've been thinking about getting into bow hunting and all that. So, let's kind of lay out just some of the, the different advantages you guys feel. And again, roundtable little the deal. What's the advantage of being a bow hunter? Well, I mean, first of all, you get to hang out with the coolest group of guys out there. <laughs> he said with nothing but humility. Um, no, it's Joey made Joey made a point that I've gone back to twice. There is not a better time of the year to be in the woods than September, and I will argue with anybody who has a different feeling on that mm-hmm. because it's great. It's still warm. You're you're not, you know. You're not dealing with those drastic, drastic weather changes for the most part. But Colorado is a great place to be to get started in archery. We, we're lucky. We're really lucky. We've got some of the best archery pro shops in the front range oh, here yeah. in the country. And, I mean, these guys, if you go in there tomorrow and go to one of these local pro shops and – say hey here's my budget here's what i want to do they're gonna they're gonna get you started Mm -hmm. and truthfully most of these guys are going to get you set up with something that you're really going to be able to grow into and have some fun right but archery's not archery's not just bow hunting either i mean wes talked about his kids are are really into this joad program which is starting with the target archery and a lot of these kids our goal is to turn those kids into bow hunters down the road Mm -hmm. um and you know we can always do better on that. We can always improve on that. Sure. But there's just so many great opportunities. Yeah. So, Joey, what's going to cause somebody to kind of get into archery? You know, they get they got nothing. They got to walk into, you know, No Limits Archery and see our good friends there or something. I mean, what's it going to cause somebody to get into it? I mean, you could – when I did it, I walked into Cabela's, and I pulled one off the rack. I think it was 220 bucks on sale for, hmm. a, like, a – ready to hunt package right then i had to go spend what 80 or 90 bucks on arrows some broadheads yeah you could if you like i don't know a lot of archers are gear nuts and you know i just sure. i got so excited about a new titanium spoon the other day my wife was, <laughs> uh, uh, i'll never live that down but like if you don't want to get into all the gear you just have a good pair of boots you could hunt in jeans if you want to maybe just a camo shirt you could be out the door for 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. If you really wanted to, you could be out the door for 5,000 bucks. Yeah. Right? But it, the, it's such a low barrier to entry. And unlike buying a gun, when you, like, you don't have to wait. There's no background check. Most of the shops, you buy a bow, you can shoot it in 10 minutes mm-hmm. after you buy no, it. You true. don't have to throw it in a case and drive it up to the mountains or to the mm-hmm. range. And 
drop another hundred bucks for 10 minutes of fun right (laughs) it's so gratifying right there but yeah i mean go see the guys at no limits at bear creek at uh quick draw like we have some specialty gear i mean we have some some great ones here great bow shops in colorado right it's the community here is amazing and everybody's willing to help now but sorry that's i digress no no, i mean that's what i mean I, this is the problem I, I with asking cool. a passionate yeah. enthusiast a, <laughs> a basic question. Man, <laughs> I wish we had another hour. We got yeah. about three minutes. But uh, I think that's one thing that's, that's really cool that I've noticed about this because um, years ago when I first started the show, 2012, you know, I met Trevin uh, and uh, – uh, Willie Schmidt and uh, we became real good friends and they're all you got to try this and I never really did for a number of years the last couple of years and so uh, and and just this last um, couple months ago I was over in Kansas and got my first archery buck you know mm, from tree, yeah. whole tree stand deal the whole deal you know and I mean it, it was it was really cool you know so uh, so it, what I what I was trying to say was it's it's a good community to go because people really help you. you don't have to feel stupid of standing there and going like dude I have no idea what to do here you know what I mean and help and and that's one thing I think and uh, I mean I've been to quick draw some too but feel uh, mainly up there at no limits and uh, Bo up there and I mean you know just really just treat you great you know and act like hey we all started somewhere you know and here's where mm-hmm. to go and so it's it's really been a, a fun deal so. Again, folks, really want to push becoming a member of the CBA. So go to ColoradoBowHunting.org. Hey, it's thirty bucks. All right, start the year off becoming a member. What do they get for that thirty bucks? Well, first of all, you get six yep. issues of that amazing magazine, um, and in addition to that, you get a voice. Mm-hmm. And the the voice is more important right now than it's ever been. We talked to one of the previous chairmen last night, and he says you guys are facing more right now than we did in any decade that I led this organization. And he's not wrong. I mean, we have a lot, we have a lot of uh, speed bumps ahead of us, but we're going to get through it. And we're, we're confident. I mean, we have, we have the right people in the, in the organization and we're a voice for everybody out there. Wes, any closing comments? I would say one thing about the archery community that we, we talk a lot about bow hunting. We talk a lot about um, the great benefits of it and how much we love it. And I think what Matt did in the magazine, it showed the whole other side, too, which is when you're not bow hunting, you're shooting leagues and shops, and you're shooting with family. And just because we're compound shooters, we shoot with a lot of recurvers, and a lot of times it's our wives, our kids. Um, So what better sport can you shoot year-round with and have a great community? That's right. Stay in the zone. Exactly. Uh, Absolutely. Well, guys, this has been fun, man. Thanks, so Scott. hopefully we can do Thank it again. You so much. And uh, Henry, appreciate you putting it all together for us. My pleasure. Thanks CBA. For the opportunity. Uh-huh. ColoradoBowHunting.org. Become a member today. Folks, 30 bucks. And I'm going to tell you right now, we need your help. And uh, I promise you, it would be worth 30 bucks a month just to get this magazine. So it's just 30 bucks. Join today. And by the way, if you miss our live show here on Saturdays, you can catch us twice on Sundays, 8 to 9 in the morning, and once again, 7 to 8 p.m. For the CBA, my name is Scott Watley. Thanks for being with us. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Go Broncos.
views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.